Everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Steve. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix original Gerald's Game. Welcome, Steve. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for asking me to, to come on. I, I was so excited and I was nervous. And I was like, you know, it's, it's one thing to, to send a voicemail in because you can check it and you can redo it and then mm-hmm. you can just forget about it. And, and half the time, because I'm not necessarily totally coherent when I send my voicemails in, um, I forget what I sent. So it's it's exciting for me sometimes to hear what my voicemail was so uh, it's like a surprise for so, you too yeah, yeah, there are times when i go what did i say about that i don't remember and then i'll hear it and i'll go oh yeah that was that clever thing that i said and yes. um, you know uh but uh, but yeah i uh, I, I love it mm-hmm. i'm so glad you you contacted me and you, you said can you come on and do gerald's game and i i had a little bit of a hiccup when you you asked to do gerald's game but i was like okay i'll, I'll hold you through and <laughs> And uh, and and do it because it's a it's it's a rough movie, man. It's a yeah. This is yeah. a big ask for someone. Um, so yeah, you, you had the honor, I guess, if you want to call it an <laughs> honor, of talking about this absolutely just mind blowing, disturbing uh, movie. But I'm so glad that you agreed because you know we've been we've been friends for a while. Yeah, we've a few known years each other. Now, yeah, yeah, a few years. Um, people, I, I know, I always say my friend Steve. You know, when I when I'm introducing your emails and and, that, and people might just think I'm just saying that, but we really are friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we met in person and we, we did. you know Nashville yeah. Nashville was that was the first uh, first time meeting and I remember you coming up and giving me a big hug and I was so surprised uh, here's this this woman <laughs> who I've only you know, like seen on on chats and and, mm-hmm. and listened to and uh, we got to sit down next to each other at the Edward James Olmos and the Battlestar Galactica Yes, um, that was such uh, a good panel. Yeah, panel, and I got to ask a question to Katie Sackhoff, which was so cool. And uh, yeah, so so it's it's really really cool. I'm glad to be on here. I I love the opportunity to speak. I told Mark a couple of weeks ago on our podcast. We do I do a, a podcast called Panels to Pixels on mm-hmm. the Next Level Podcast Network. And I told yep. Mark a few weeks ago. I said I've discovered. I used to not like the sound of my voice, but apparently something has changed in me over the last few years. And I suddenly like the sound of my voice. That's so, great. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm okay with listening to myself back. And I, I, I get excited sometimes when I, and I'm so, I'm, I have so much love for the podcastica family and all of their shows and all of the voicemails of mine that they play and uh, love for Jason and just that whole, the whole network. And so I'm so glad to be here. Oh, thanks. Well, like I said, it's it's an honor for me that you agreed to come on because um, I've, I've, you know, it's something I've been thinking about for a while. It's like I really need to to have you on here, and it's great to kind of go around the roundtable of of my friends who enjoy podcasting and you know are excited to talk about the things that I want to talk about because that's important to me. I want someone to be into it because if someone's not feeling it, I certainly don't want to push it on anyone. So this is super fun for me as well. And um, you know, you, you and I 
you know, get along really well and we exactly. we have a good time in the group and, you know, anytime we've, we've met up in person. Um, cause I think we were just talking about, um, I think I posted in the group today because, um, today was the one year anniversary of the Game of Thrones series finale. And a That's year ago, crazy. wasn't that crazy? That's and crazy. A, year ago was um you and i were also at the group um party that we had for the um series finale where a bunch of us from our our group i, I call it ours because i feel like we all kind of share it even though it was jason's creation um, i think so yeah. And, yeah and before before we get too far rima we should let everybody know i'm kind of surprised you asked me to do this on this <laughs> night because we need to wish a big happy birthday to our friend pake allen who we have yes. both met in real life as well. Today is his birthday. So yes, huge events. Happy birthday, Pake! Really great friend of ours, great friend of the podcast. Um, yeah, it's his birthday today. It's, uh, anniversary of the series finale, Game of Thrones. Big, big events um, happening today. Absolutely. Yeah. I got to last November. I got to drive down because uh, we only live a few hours apart. It's about about mm-hmm. a four hour drive to where Pake lives. So last year in November there was a Comic Con where he lives and I was able to drive down there and see him for the weekend so awesome. and meet Riley and just have it, have a good time. And so we're really hoping with all this, this COVID stuff, we're really hoping that, mm-hmm. that Comic-Con happens again in November, but, but we'll see. And if it does, I'm definitely going down there to see him. So, yeah, I look forward to when, you know, some things can um, kind of return to, uh, you know, some, some type of normalcy, whatever that looks like in the future, um, you know, and we all get to meet up because we were actually, I think, you know, talking about having one this month and we had to kind of put, you know, put that off and reschedule. Well, we haven't rescheduled it, but just kind of put it off and and hope to reschedule when, when the timing is right for everyone. So anxious to have another group meetup soon because we're overdue man well i'm super excited to talk about gerald's game that sounds probably kind (laughs) of weird considering the content i mean this was this did did you read the book i I did not and much but you never read it i did not and i'm gonna i'm gonna just put my foot down and really say i don't want to read this book Stephen King is too good of a writer that if they were able to translate these things into the, a movie that looks like this, that I don't want to read that. Uh, yeah, the book was, you know, uh, Mike Flanagan, which if anyone who's listened to the podcast enough uh, knows that when we covered Haunting of Hill House, that was uh done by Mike Flanagan, a showrunner, director. Um, he's, he's so damn talented and we just love him here. Well, he also directed this, um, original for Netflix, Gerald's game. And, um, I was going to ask you, do you know, do you know, so, and this was actually one of my points or Mm -hmm. one of my discussion thoughts was Mm that this whole haunting of Hill house, was this a haunting of Hill house? Haunting of Hill House reunion, or was this filmed before in Hill House was the... To my knowledge, this was um, just before Haunting of Hill House. So Uh, Carla Gugino, Timothy Hutton, the little girl, Mike Flanagan, they all... they all Wow. And then Mike brought them all along for... He, he, he does use them a lot because, um, and, and we can just go ahead and, I mean, just, we're, we're talking about it. So let's just jump into and, and have our conversation about it. Yeah. Um, it, cause again, folks, we're going to kind of like what we did with in the tall grass. I'm not going to really stick to the top five format. Cause I just, with a movie, I just like to talk about it and keep it a little bit loose and not be quite as structured. We're going to have discussion points and we'll have high points and stuff, but we'll just, I like, I like kind of keeping it slightly informal when we're talking about a movie. So anyway, um, Mike Flanagan, yeah, he, he, 
kind of likes to use a lot of the same people uh, in in a lot of his works. Um, if you notice, we didn't see her a whole lot, but um, her mom in in the movie um, was Teddy in Haunting of Hill House. Oh, I um, didn't even realize that. Oh yeah. my goodness! So there's another one. Yeah. So and and that's his wife. That's Mike Flanagan's wife. And oh, wow. I am. I know, and I'm totally blanking on the names. I suck at names. I, sorry guys, you know this about me. I'm not. It just is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's his wife. So she's been in. He did a movie called Hush. That's on Netflix. Um, I think we talked about that a little bit whenever we talked Haunting of Hill House, because um, we're really big fans of of Mike Flanagan. I mean, he's just he does some great camera work, and he's just what he what he's doing with these Stephen King adaptations. And Haunting of Hill House was not, but. Um, you know, I think he's doing some really great work. Um, he was in a movie or she was in a movie that he did called Hush. And that okay. was really well done. I'd recommend that to everyone if they haven't done it yet. So, yeah, he, he tends to have a lot of the same people. Um, you'll see that. Um, Kate Siegel, that's her name, is there you go. Uh, his yeah. wife's name. She played the adult Teddy in Haunting of Hill House. Right. The um, that was the girl with the gloves. The one with the, yes, the touching the thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. That is correct. And you're um, testing my memory here of Hill House. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started because I'm telling you, I'm struggling. Um, I'm, I'm just like running um, by the seat of my pants today. Um, so, so yeah, I, I'm right there with you. So yeah, a lot of the same people. So like you said, Carly Gugino, um, who played Jesse in here in Gerald's Game, played um, the mom in Haunting of Hill House. Um, we had Henry Thomas, um, who played, um, you know, who you've dad, met the in real life. Dad. I did. I got to meet him. Oh my gosh. What a moment. Pake and I talked about it on the, in the tall grass podcast. We, uh, were fortunate, um, to do a haunting of Hill house panel in Chicago. And we had Henry Thomas and, um, the two little twins that played, um, oh goodness, Luke and, um, Nellie. Um, on Haunting of Hill House, we did a panel with them, and oh my gosh, oh, talk about Starstruck! Because I mean, Henry yeah. Thomas, E.T., <laughs> Cloak and Dagger with Dabney Coleman. I mean, you just, I mean, you can't even. There's, I can't remember my childhood without Henry Thomas, uh, without Timothy Hutton. Sorry, uh, yeah, and 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 Henry Thomas as well, because Timothy Hutton did a, a bunch of stuff in in the eighties uh, as well. There was a movie he was in called Turk One Eighty Two that. Uh, you can't find it out there. I've been, I've tried, mm-hmm. uh, but it was, it was a, a, I loved it. It had, uh, um, gosh, the guy who played Spencer who just passed away. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to blank on it. That's horrible. Robert Urich. IMDb is my friend. Robert, yes. It was, it was Robert mm-hmm. Urich and Tiffany Hutton and Turk 182. And it was just a really good movie. So yeah. So my, my childhood, um, teenage years, uh, are filled with, with memories of Henry Thomas, Timothy Hutton, these these kind of movies and these guys. So it's amazing to see him on screen now. Thirty, is it? Oh my gosh, I'm so old. Thirty years later, <laughs> <laughs> we're all getting there, man. No worries, no worries. You're in good company. I know. And and you know, Carla Gugino and Bruce Greenwood. Um, uh-huh. I've I've been a, a longtime fan of his as well, and I really. I mean, what did you think about their performances? The, oh, I thought they were pretty it, damn amazing. It's right? amazing. And Bruce Greenwood, especially because you can't, mm-hmm. I can't think there's movies that I, I can think of movies that he was in. I mean, like he was last man standing. Uh, he played uh, a character in that, the Bruce Willis movie and just, but he's, he is so different in every role yeah. that he, that he plays. And especially here where he's, he's not actually playing. It's, it's so weird. And I don't know how the book deals with it. But he's not 
really he has to not he's not really playing himself he's mm-hmm. playing his wife's impression of himself right. so so it's kind of interesting to to see that that thought of i wonder how they dealt with that um on screen or if they even talked about it because it was it really would be her it's her point of view of how right. she sees him it may not necessarily how he sees himself and so we have to remember that when well in the after he dies but before Mm -hmm. he dies um you know he's playing himself but yeah no and and her that was just it's just amazing the scene that that i that i jumped to when you talk about the acting is the the cramps scene and when she's just bicycling her legs and her other self is telling her what to do and how to yes and she played that so well at the anguish Mm -hmm. uh, on her face and, and in her body and however they did the makeup and and stuff because it really looked like she was contorting and, and when they showed her hands and and uh, it was yeah yeah no the acting was amazing yeah i i really feel both carla gugino and bruce greenwood are so underutilized in the industry that they you know i feel like if if anyone out there looking for some actors for certain roles should really pay attention to them in, in these roles. Cause they were both so fantastic and those subtle nuances, mm-hmm. you know, that they were able to portray and Carla, Carla Gugino, the, the, like the depths that she was able to go to, um, you know, as just when she's, you know, reflecting or, you know, having those flashes or like you said, the anguish of, you know, the pain that she's going through in that moment. Um, was amazing. Like you can just see it in her face and in her, her eyes. And I know that there's makeup and I know that there's, you know, but still, I feel like you have to be able to get yourself to a place to be able to get that to come across on the oh, screen. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, well, and, and even at the end, like I saw the little girl in her, like, even though there was, mm-hmm. a, they were, they were two actresses playing the same part, the little girl and, and the older, older version, you could see the anguish on her voice when she was trying to, in her, in her face and in her voice when she was trying to remember. And I know we're jumping around and that's what we said we're going to do. When she that's walks okay. into that courtroom and she mm-hmm. sees the moonlight man and he repeats her words back to her, you can see oh. on her face, the yes. sudden recognition that it was all real. Like this, this boogeyman who's been scaring me, been, been living in my nightmares for the last however many years. I don't remember what the, the time frame was between her rescue and when he get, he was caught. Was it a couple of years or months or I don't. Gosh, you know what? I'm totally blanking on that. I thought yeah. it was like a year or more. It seems least. like, it seems yeah. like it was like a one year later or something like that. When, mm-hmm. And so, but you see that realization on her face and then when she walks out of the courtroom and she's outside in the sun, you can see that just this weight has been lifted off from her. Yeah. And and you know she's going to go home and she's going to have a good night's sleep probably for the first time in however long because this guy's not going to be able to haunt her dreams anymore. I hope. I hope because that was um, – like super scary. Like when she's talking about, you know, like she's now able to function during the day, but when the night comes, mm-hmm. you know, she's still, you know, pretty haunted and, you know, and she's kind of healing or at least trying to heal physically, but still emotionally, you know, she's still in a really bad place. So it, it's, it's my hope that, you know, after that moment that she's then, you know, able to come to some peace. Um, I like for, to think so. Sure. I like to think so. Just like like in the uh, in in the tall grass, I like to think of the the 
the real timeline is the one where the boy escapes and where um, the brother and sister are alive and they're, they're not dead. And uh, where yeah. Luke doesn't have to come looking for them. Uh, <laughs> right. that's, the, that's the time. That's the timeline that I, because that was one of the things like for me, and I think I mentioned, I might've mentioned this in my voicemail last week or two weeks ago, that one of the reasons that I I'm not a huge fan of Stephen King is because there are some of his books that have kind of a depressing ending mm-hmm. and to where the good doesn't triumph. And I'll ask you, you said you you read this book is, is this, does the movie mirror the ending of the book or does the book have more of a, a depressing ending? You know, I don't remember that how the book ended exactly. I think they kept, from what I can remember, what little I can remember anyway, is that it, it follows pretty closely. Like this, the story is a pretty, pretty close adaptation. I don't think Mike Flanagan took too many liberties. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as there's probably some detail, of course, there's always going to be some detail that's going to be different, but I'm pretty sure it follows pretty closely. Um, right. so yeah, I feel like there's still, I don't know with, with Stephen King, some stuff can be kind of, it almost feels hopeful, but there's always like a little layer of, you know, well, yeah, some, just some just, menacing, you know, just like if you ever read, if you ever read the book, The Stand, the the mm-hmm. unabridged version, which the only thing I remember about the unabridged version is that, and I might be, I hope I'm not misremembering this or I don't spoil it for anybody, that the the very end of the book, like the epilogue of the book, is Randall Flagg, the bad guy, washing up on a beach somewhere, and we realize that he's still alive and he can now wreak havoc on a new, a new place. So, uh, a dude just never goes away. No, never. He never. just, he pops up like a bad penny. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so this, I thought in general, this was, I thought a pretty, pretty interesting story. And I think felt kind of relatable as far as like that relationship between, um, Jesse and Gerald, you know, Absolutely. they yeah. have, you know, you can, they, I thought they did a really good job. It kind of started off. You weren't quite sure. Like you didn't pick up on any tension. Cause it's just like, they're packing for a trip and, you know, and I just silly side note, I don't know how in the world guys pack for a trip with those weekender bags. <laughs> I, maybe that's the girl in me and I'm the overpacker. I feel like I've done a good job cause I've done a lot of traveling within the last like three years or so and I feel like I've really gotten because I have traveled a lot I've gotten tired of the packing and the overpacking and, and I'm like damn it I got to start streamlining this process because I have too much stuff so I feel like I've gotten better but I, I do have a cute weekender like tote it doesn't look exactly like the one he had but it's a like a, a, a girly kind of weekender tote and I have tried to just pack for like a two to three day trip Oh, it's tough. Um, Even for, yeah, it's tough for, because how do you, you don't know, are you going to need to change clothes when you immediately get there? Are you going to need yeah. to change clothes a couple times in a day? What, you know, how, and that's the, yeah, three day you, trips, Steve. three day trips Thank are, you. Even for me, they are the worst because I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> we, <laughs> or like a week long trip. Anything like I'm, I, I have, it never fails that I will repack my bag like three times. Like I'll pack yeah. it and I'll count all the things and I'll, I'll count in my head. Okay. This is what I need. And then a day will go by. Cause I'm an early packer. I'm not a last minute packer. Yes. Um, so I, I, I pack early and I'll put the bag down. And then the next day I'm like, did I pack this shirt? And now I've got to, now I got to completely unpack the bag and look at it. So yeah, I'm right there oh, with no. you. I don't, I okay. don't know. Well, so. 
that's then then good i'm glad i'm not because i feel like and i try to plan i make a list and i you know i'm like okay i'm trying to pack outfits and i'm trying to pack things that can mix and match so you're not having to you know pack too much i do the whole thing and but my problem is is i'm a product junkie and about half of what i pack are all of my beauty products their beauty products and here's all the things i need to you know make me be pretty and here's all the things i need to make my hair look okay because I don't have like my hair just doesn't do what I want it to do unless I have all these things with me. Right. Um, so yeah. So when I'm packing, um, you know, it's half like yeah. girl crap. For not me, so much clothes. For me, it's shirts. Options. It's shirts and undershirts. I can throw two pairs of blue jeans and I'm good for pants. You know, yeah. I can throw white socks and I've got a couple pairs of shoes. And I'm good. But for me, it's t-shirts and undershirts because because I like if I'm going to be out with people. This is so, this is so deep into the steep territory. <laughs> um, when, if I'm going to be out with people, I like to have an undershirt on, even if I have a t-shirt, I like to have some sort of other shirt underneath it. I don't know mm-hmm. why it's, it's, I don't know if it's the, I, I retired military and that was one of our, you know, uniform it's things. It's like was uniform. You, yeah. Yeah. You Old always habit, had right? an under, you always had an undershirt on. So if I'm out with people, I almost always have an undershirt on. Like if I'm just at home relaxing, I don't worry about it, but if I'm out in public, so I have to count out like my undershirts, like, okay, how many undershirts do I need? And, and, and that kind of thing. So that's, that's what it is for me that causes the that big. disciplined military background. <laughs> Probably. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not the only one then. Cause I, I, and I mean, maybe it was easier for them because, you know, it, this was their weekend house. It seemed or like a cute summer house that they probably spend a lot of summers at or something. Mm-hmm. So maybe they already had a lot of clothes there, you know, maybe they didn't need to pack for a whole lot. I don't know. It just, it, I just saw yeah. that and it just kind of stressed me out. I was like, how do you just throw a couple things in there? And you're like, okay, let's go out for the weekend. You yeah. know, she had a suitcase. She was a little bit more practical. I just don't know how guys do it. I yeah. Know, and she's got that she's... big old hat. I've never like that. She's got, and I just, yeah. I'm oh. so jealous. I can't wear a hat. <laughs> My head is too small. I have like this really small head and no hats <laughs> ever fit me. So I just, I can't wear a hat. Now everybody's going to stare at my head when I post pictures from now on, when I'm posting on the podcast, um, Instagram or something, everybody's going to like, let's measure Rima's what? head for scale. Um, <laughs> uh, to bring it back to kind of what you were talking about, mm-hmm. my, what, like actually my first note was I had a question about, do you think there was ever any kind of like, cause you talked about, we don't really see tension before they get to the, to the house. It's really not until he, locks her in the handcuffs and then she starts to realize oh wait i don't want to do this oh uh, so you don't think that you picked up on it in the car at all or i, I, I mean I, I picked up on tension you could tell i mean like i could tell that this was a married couple that needs to re- recapture they needed or, a weekend or, away or, yeah they, <laughs> like i knew that but do you think there was any kind of like was there a precursor any kind of a like a abuse or domestic violence kind of thing that they were no. trying to work past or or no, I didn't. At first in the car, I didn't pick that up. I, I thought, oh, there's a little bit of tension. Maybe they've had a little strife or, you know, there's I mean, maybe they've been married for a little while. And they, you know, sometimes what happens is you grow apart a little bit and maybe they're just they're feeling maybe a little like strangers or something and they're needing to reconnect. So they're going off um, on this weekend to try to, you know, just get away. And sometimes because sometimes it's nice to get out of your um, normal surroundings, your everyday surroundings okay. and kind of get to a happy place. So I picked up on a little bit of tension, but I didn't pick up on anything menacing. Like it wasn't okay. until, like you said, when he puts the handcuffs on her that then it was kind of like, oh, 
menacing. That's a good word. That's a, that's, that's exactly the word that I was searching for that I couldn't, that I couldn't find there. There was really nothing menacing prior to the, no. the handcuff thing. Yeah. So that was, I had a, that, a little bit of a question about that. And not that handcuffs are bad. I'm not what? saying, you know, <laughs> I, 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 let me just say that. I'm not saying, oh, well, when someone slaps the cuffs Sorry. on you, it's, <laughs> you know, going to a bad place, but he yeah. just, um, the way that he, was taking it too far like you know yeah, well, she seemed like, into it but then you know he seemed to really take it too far and she's asking him to stop and then i'm like okay jerk you know yeah well absolutely that's the thing because like she even she says like when when he first starts to lock her in she's like wait a minute this isn't really what i was envisioning like she was envisioning like the fluffy yeah cute kind of cute kind of handcuffs not like threatening this is is the real thing dear (laughs) you know right Um, like you are not getting out of these they're not just playful cuffs that she and i don't know i i I don't have any cuffs just in case people are wondering (laughs) um not and not that i'm opposed i just don't have any myself but um I mean, I don't know if they make any that are just kind of playful, like you're kind of locked up, but maybe you're able to kind of pop yourself out of them or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, if that's I don't, she I was don't expecting. know either. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, something that she would feel like, well, okay, this is fun for a minute. And then I, if, if, if I want, I can just break yeah. myself out yeah. of them or something, I, you know, kind of like the toy just... handcuffs that we all had as kids. Exactly. Didn't we all have those toy, toy ones that you're locking up your, uh, it's what my, yeah. me and my cousins used to do at least yeah. to lock up my cousins. I can just twist, so can I can just twist and break out of it. And it's, right. You know, right. That's, that's what I, that's what, that's the vision that I got when she was first started protesting was that she wasn't really expecting him to be hardcore kind of S and M kind of rape fantasy kind of thing, which is what she, you know, accuses him of, uh, later or, you know, a few minutes later or whenever it was. So, yeah. I, and, and, and it seems like, because he kind of brings it up a little later. And I think that this was, um, you know, kind of what you were talking about before. It's like her, her, her view of him or her vision Mm -hmm. of him is after he had died and, and, but he's talking to her, but it's her perception of him. And he's like, well, you've just, you've ignored who I really was this whole time. Like it was there or you should have seen it, but you didn't. And I feel like that's when she starts to see it and is is definitely getting a little scared. And he definitely, definitely got really excited in that moment, you know, Mm -hmm. about, you know, having her in that situation. And, you know, I, I feel, and like I said, I don't, I don't have a problem with anything that they were doing up until it felt like he didn't really have her consent, you know, right. to, to do any of those things. Cause I feel like if you're going to do those types of things, especially if you've never done it before, it's very important to have this open communication. Let's talk about it before you do that. Right. Let's have a safe say, word, like have stop. A safe word. Help, yes, you know those. Yeah, or just of- <laughs> yeah, just something because it's like he was like whenever she's like stop it, and he's like, okay, are you just playing or, or are you are you really into you know? Yeah, and it, it's like he didn't even know, and I'm like that shouldn't even be a question to me. Right, you, you should just know. Like that's exactly. why you have a safe word because it's like when you hear that word, that's when you know I'm not playing anymore. I'm not into this anymore, and you have to stop. I'm not okay. You know, yeah. you you've pushed me too far that's why it's important to talk about these things. And I feel like that's where, you know, that's where there was definitely a misstep between those two. Um, one of them should yeah. have initiated that conversation said, well, here's what I'd like to do. Here's my fantasy. Um, are you okay with this? And is this okay with you? And if you ever get to a point where, you know, where you're not comfortable, well, and you don't feel safe, say this yeah. word. And and I think that's yeah. what shows us about their, that their relationship had gotten to such mm-hmm. a point where, and this is, I, I believe this, part of the conversation i think this took place before he died maybe it was after but 
it, it, I'm not gonna be able to watch it again to see, uh, <laughs> but that does bring up, I was, I was really, there was one thing I was really glad. And I did remember when I watched it, when I started watching it the second time through, um, if we didn't record this part, I'll tell all the, let the listeners know. I, when I went to my Netflix, I initially uh, logged in to view this movie. I had already watched part of this movie about halfway through. And then so, at some point I stopped it and was like, I'm not coming. And we're talking months and ago. Rima uh, makes you watch yeah. it again. <laughs> and and uh, so I remembered, I did remember thinking that I was really glad that the misdirect of him being alive was was very quickly resolved like it didn't mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't take long you know he stand he, he claws his way up and stands up and there's a few lines of dialogue and then she looks and she sees the blood pooling and she realizes oh no i'm hallucinating you know yeah so i was really i was really glad they didn't spend a lot of time making us question whether he was really dead or not yes I agree. I agree. Cause we needed to know that. And, you know, because then when he's there and you're not quite sure yet, like, Oh, wait a minute. I thought he was dead, but then mm-hmm. is he really, um, because he, he appears, you know, right there next to her. And then you, you do kind of realize, Oh no, wait, she's, she's kind of having a moment here. She's mm-hmm. disassociating herself just a little bit. And she's kind of, which I guess when, you know, you, you start, going through this moment with your husband and he's being forceful with you and he's taking you to a place that's uncomfortable for you and he's being very aggressive and then all of a sudden has a freaking heart attack on and dies on top of you that I think that's probably an okay time to start losing your shit and losing your mind a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could, I could see a psychotic, a little bit of a break there. Maybe not psychotic, but definitely, definitely a break from reality. Yeah. Like, like what's really happening? And then to have the dog when the dog oh. comes in and oh, man, can, <laughs> we just need a whole category of like most disturbing um, or uncomfortable scenes in this movie, because I, I think that's I think it would be a very long list. <laughs> I did have one question. Do you, okay. would, would the dog after having eaten the steak? Would the dog respond that quickly to like I like when when the door was left open, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, you know, I could see that foreshadowing that the door is going to be left open for, because they right because she looked back at it when they came back in the house. Right. And um, I'm kind of like, wouldn't even if you know there's nobody around, wouldn't you shut the door? Wouldn't I mean, like, why would you start getting into your sexy time? And you know the door, the door wide open. The front door yeah. is wide open. That 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 kind of bothered me for a few minutes. And then when the dog, I understand they needed to have the door open so the dog could come in so we could get these blah moments. Um, <laughs> but but at the same time, would the dog have responded to? Would this? Would the dog have known? Would the dog have smelled the blood that that well and then come in to investigate? And like, would a dog be that bold? I guess is what my my I kind of questioned about. It seemed a real a little fast. Like I could see if it was hours later, and then the yeah. dog comes in. But it was pretty quick after his blood started pooling that that dog suddenly appeared. I feel like, and I'm speculating here. I certainly don't 
um, I know dogs have a very good sense of smell, and this dog mm-hmm. seemed to be a, a little bit of a wild dog, like it was kind of feral and had, you know, clearly been like living off of either roadkill or whatever he was able to hunt or catch um, mm-hmm. in the woods. He looked a little rough. Um, so it seemed like, and I mean, that's their instinct is to like, if they smell the blood, like if he smells roadkill and that's an easy dinner that he doesn't have to, um, you know, chase and hunt and kill himself, then I, I think that, you know, they can smell the blood because that's, I don't think a domesticated dog would necessarily behave in the same manner. I mean, I would like to think a domesticated dog might not behave in the same way that this dog did. But I feel like this this dog has has had to survive. It's starving. I know it had that. It didn't look like a big steak. I know it was a really good steak, but it didn't look to be, I you know that. Yeah, it might not be, especially if you're star- if you're, you're a dog that's starving well, and not eaten in days or something. And opportunistic too. I mean, if you're if you if you're like, hey, there's food. Yeah. I may not be that hungry, but I don't know when I'm going to eat again. So it takes an opportunity to go ahead and start nibbling down on poor Gerald <sighs> down there on the floor. And that was rough. That and, was and, really rough and, and uncomfortable. And, and then, then he starts nibbling on her at one point when she's. Oh my gosh! When she finally gets free, and <sighs> oh my gosh, there Ugh. were so many things. We're just gonna let's just go to all these uncomfortable places because then maybe if we talk them out, it won't okay. be so uncomfortable uh, anymore. So there's yes, the the dog comes and takes a chunk out of Gerald, and it it they don't shy away about showing this dog um, just going to town on this piece of flesh that it is uh-huh. tore out of Gerald's arm. Um, and we know, we find out later that it has continued to do that. On, yeah. It's come um, back a few times over the process of however many hours or, uh, you know, it couldn't have been more than what, 48, 72 hours total time that she was there. Yeah. Maybe even less, maybe more like, well, I know there was at least, two nights right because she had the the first night where the the moonlight man comes in and then the second night where she escapes mm-hmm. so so it could have been uh you know two nights so uh, you know 36 hours or so is how long she was she was in there for so so yeah that's that's cringeworthy the, the dog um the <sighs> The, okay, you know, right in front of you. The, yeah, the whole time. So mm. we've got the dog, um, and and we have her. She's she's talking with a, not only a version of Gerald. She's, um, she's talking a to herself. a version of herself. <laughs> Those two are having conversations um, amongst each other and kind of arguing with each other, or, or you know, one's making this point, the other one's making the, the other point. Um, you made a good reference earlier when you were talking about, you know, as she's, you know, that version of herself is kind of talking to her and kind of trying to help her. I liked those scenes because I think it was really clever that she was trying to help clue her in on things that would help her, like the yeah. glass of water. Like she made her remember when Gerald took that Viagra, which right. guys don't take if you got a heart condition. Look what happened to Gerald. <laughs> yeah. um, that he went- had the glass of water. And, and she reminds it. her about the tag, the, the, the tag from the slip from that she had, put, yes. yeah, she had put on top of the, the thing. And uh, so, yeah, that that was another great acting scene, I thought, from from Carla Gagino when mm-hmm. she's drinking that water and you see her and then, you know, her other self tells her, you know, save some for later. So she and she's well, where do I put it? And she goes, well, you put it where, you know, you can reach it again. 
Mm-hmm. And so she puts it back up on the, the mantle. She puts the straw next to it. And then there was a, there's a later scene where she drinks again from the straw and she kind of starts choking. And yeah. I, I got the impression that she got started choking. because Some of that paper was just, it wasn't working as well as a straw at a point. And I thought that was such a good acting thing to do to not tell us that's what was going on, but have us go, Oh, that paper's starting to, to not taste very good with yeah, you know, all that. I think madness. that, and the fact that she's also probably just so really dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And I think you get to a point where you're not hardly able to drink any water um, yeah. because you haven't had any. Um, and so it's like, she was like, she was almost like rejecting it or something, you know, like she just couldn't take it because she hadn't been drinking anything. Um, yeah. Yeah, that. And I think that it was, I really liked how her other self was like trying to help keep her focused when, cause when the dog would go back mm-hmm. for at Gerald again and start, you know, he'd grab his arm and start pulling and twisting and you could hear him growling. You kind of hear the crunching Ugh, and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and, sh- and it would take her focus away. And she's like, Hey, you know, you need to focus. And, and I liked how she would, you know, make and say, okay, well, let's talk this out. Let's focus. And you're going to have to visualize it. Um, I liked all of that. I thought that was just really clever. And I liked that she would kind of try and remind her of, of the uncomfortable things in her own life and try to make her face Mm -hmm. the things in her life. Um, because oh, that's we a find out conversation. Uh, let's we're, stay with the cringeworthy. Some, let's stay with, let's we're stay just, with the We're going to because pretty much this whole movie is cringeworthy. I don't yeah. know too much yeah. in this in this movie that's not cringeworthy. So we're just going to talk it out and we're going to get in a better place about this, Steve. We got to get to creepy. We got to get to creepy dad. We got to get to creepy dad. Yeah, we're uh, going to talk about creepy dad because um, we find out. Well, and because we, we don't know yet. Her other self says something mm-hmm. about, well, he put you in cuffs a long time ago. And yeah. we're like, what? And you know, we start we to get know. this inkling that there's some sort of buried trauma that we don't mm-hmm. know about. And, and exactly, um, but because she doesn't want to talk about it, she's yeah. like shutting it down. Yeah. Do you think now? I, this was another question I had, and I was, um, do you think that the did the dog lick her feet and the Moonlight Man licked oh, her feet? <laughs> I gotta go to this this cringeworthy because because we gives me nightmares. Um, you know, do you think both licked your feet at one point? Because we know the dog tries to take a nip out of her when mm-hmm. she doesn't move for a while. And then she kind of kicks it away. She throws that book at it. And uh, but so do you think both things happened or did she? I, I feel 100 percent certain the dog did lick her feet. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling the Moonlight Man did, too. Yeah. Yeah, he might have. I'm but not it sure. Could be because she was hallucinating could be at the same time. Yeah, because because the thing is, that's what that's one of the points she makes at the end of the movie when she's giving her narration as to why he didn't kill her mm-hmm. is because he she wasn't his type. He was right. he would cut off the men's uh, mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. And <laughs> yep. Um, uh, okay. We live right. that. <laughs> one moment at a time. One moment at a time. Um, how? Here's another another thought. Staying with some of the cringeworthy things. How 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 strong do you have to be to break a glass with your hand? With just like I don't, I don't want to try it because I don't know if I could do it, and I don't want to do it. But how strong do you have to be to just with one hand be able to break a glass? 
I feel like she really had to put something behind it. That looked like a, a fairly uh, thick glass, mm-hmm. um, or at least the base of it for sure. But I, yeah. I feel like if you are able to get at least to the top of it, um, where it's a little bit thinner, I feel, yeah. and maybe a little bit more fragile. Because I feel like the the farther you go down on the glass, it's got a strong base to it, and it's going to be hard. So if you if you have more of a grip up closer to the like okay. mid and top, that right. you're, you're going to be able. To, I I feel confident I could break a glass like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Especially well, if that's what she was knocking you know, it against the she was knocking it against the wood, wasn't she? I right. was talking about when when she was a little girl. And oh, she yeah. breaks the glass also, though that may have been a thinner, a thinner type of glass. But then she's got to take that shard of glass and somehow sticks it into a break in the wood mm-hmm. so that she can then slash her. I, these are things I don't think I ha- would have the strength. I mean, maybe if you're if you're dying and you know you're going to die, you, you have the strength to do it. But man, to then cut yourself with that shard of glass Ugh. I I feel like I would have tried to like break my wrist or break because I heard that's isn't that a thing because like I I have I have fairly large hands but I have very thin wrists mm-hmm. so I feel like if somebody put a a tight handcuff around my wrist there's no way no amount of blood is gonna be able to make me be able to get my hand through I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to break bones I am also very much screwed in that situation as well because i have big hands like i have mm-hmm. man hands and <laughs> and very small wrists like it, it's kind of crazy how small like you can wrap your fingers like almost twice around my wrists so i yeah. have very small wrists but my hands are kind of big um yeah, so if way. someone like you said, kind of really tightens up that handcuff around me. I'm there's no flipping way. And again, I, I I don't think that I did not know she was going to go that far. I thought she just needed to make herself bleed because she was telling her other self and she's like, just come to terms. Like, you know what? It's either I sit here and freaking die or I give this a chance. And, and so when she's talking about, you know, when, when, when you first start bleeding, how it's, is, you know, like a lubricant, like oil, Oil. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, so okay, so just cut your wrist and yeah. make yourself bleed, like oh, loosen, actually- loosen it up. Well, I don't know. I I feel I could do that. I feel I could. I mean, as hard as what it would be, I'm not saying it would be easy, right, but I feel like right. knowing that the situation, like I can either lay here and die and have that freaking moonlight man come after me again. Like, right. No, no way. <laughs> Is it if I have a choice, moonlight man coming back and licking my damn feet again? <laughs> Or cutting my wrist and trying to get a, one of my hands loose, I'm cutting my wrist right, uh, right every time. So, but I thought she would just cut her wrist, get some good blood going, and then be able to, you know, like slip out her, of it. Yeah, be able to. Uh, now, is it going to hurt? Is she, you know, she would she maybe almost have to dislocate her thumb? How people are able to just do that, like just kind of pop their thumb in and out mm-hmm. so their, their hand could be smaller or something or, or get out of something like that. I don't know how they do it. I don't think I could do that. I could try. Like I said, mm-hmm. I, the motivation of that Moonlight Man, I'm not kidding you, <laughs> gave me freaking nightmares. I, I watched this movie, full disclosure, I watched the movie the first time way back because I've talked about it before here on the podcast. I think when, you know, mm-hmm. I don't even notice various times from the time I watched it till like now I've talked about, oh my God, go watch Gerald's Game on Netflix. It's so good. So I watched I it way back. that might be when I watched it the first time. Yeah, it was, I really enjoy, I mean, it was, 
it's hard. It's a hard watch. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like we, we've been talking about cringeworthy moments, but uh, so I watched it then, and then I watched it again um, for for us to talk about it this week. So I remember, um, you know, the first time seeing that Moonlight Man. I have never, I don't think that was probably one of the scariest moments ever in my life. And look, I I have seen a lot of scary movies. I everything from The Exorcist to it children of the corn and everything in between i've grown up on scary movies and jump scares you know in movies don't quite do it for me but this does when when she's staring in like that little corner of her room Mm -hmm. and he just very slow because at first you don't see anything it's just a slow tension and it's almost like her eyes are trying to adjust and all of a sudden you just kind of see something very slowly come out. You don't really see his face. You see he's really tall. You see some strange looking clothing. And then he just kind of slowly moves back. I mean, that had to be one of the most terrifying things I have ever seen in my life. And I mean, I I was freaking the hell out. And I was ready to just like turn it off and watch something happy and never look at that thing again. So oh, I for just, sure did not watch this in one setting. I there were times when I had to stop and I gotta go watch an episode of The Office or something to, you know. I, I went for it. I was all in. Now I wanted to stop. I, I wanted to like I was like had the the covers up to my face, you know, like you see in there like you know, only your eyeballs are showing, you know, as I'm mm-hmm. covered up in bed going, Oh my god, oh my god. And I'm just waiting for that damn thing to start appearing in my room or come out from underneath my bed and start licking my feet. Yeah. So just I'm trying to picture myself in her situation and, and having knowing that that thing is there. And I know that she's thinking that it's not real, you know, cause she's she's trying to, you know, close her eyes and she's saying it's not real. It's not real. Right. It's not real. But it's still real enough to kind of scare the hell out of her for that thing mm-hmm. to kind of maybe come back. And so, like I said, the motivation of having that Moonlight Man to come back or slit her wrists, I, I really thought that's all she was going to do. And then when she like slices like all the whole half of her wrist and then she starts to go up her hand oh oh, and the makeup whoever did the the makeup and however because it looked like her skin was coming off. i was like some i don't know i need to look it up that's not fair we i really should have looked up who the um special effects um because that was some greg nicotero shit right there that was like you know, he does such a damn good job with the special effects on so many classic horror movies. And of course, The Walking Dead, um, that was some Greg Nicotero fine, fine ass special effects, because that had to be one of the most real things. And and it's called degloving is what the kind of is that what, when you're taking this the skin off like that. Ugh. Yes. And that is the most real I have ever seen. Like you could full on see the muscles and freaking nerves mm-hmm. in her hand as yeah. she is pulling. And I, I can't even imagine the pain. Yeah. If I, I had watched this again, I would have fast forwarded through that. There's no way I would have made it through that scene again. I'm like, not going to lie. I did watch this the first time and I think I watched in horror going, oh my God. The second time, because I knew what was going to happen. I was watching through my, um, I have my um, face covered with my hands and I was right. watching through my fingers <laughs> like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I was like, I almost forgot how terrible this scene was. Yeah. But it was amazing at it the was. same time. It was she, so oh, and good. The, and the anguish. And then when she's trying to drag the bed so she can get the, the key from the wherever the key was. Mm-hmm. And she's just dragging the bed behind her because she can't get her other arm out. You know, she's not going to slit her other wrist. 
And uh, yeah, uh, and then when she does finally get the cuff unlocked and she gets to the sink, the first thought I had was, you need to wrap something around your hand. That's she's drinking. She's flow. She's yes. drinking water and I'm like, you're losing blood, woman, you know? Yes. Um, I know, hard choice. Do you, do you wrap your hand and stop the, this rapid bleeding she's got going on or does she mm-hmm. start, you know, try to rehydrate herself because she's, you know, you know, she's got to be so thirsty yeah, um, yeah. and dehydrated. Yeah, I know. I thought the same thing. And, you know, it was so hard to think, you know, I feel like they tried to kind of cover their bases a little bit as to, as to why she, she had to go so far to be able to escape because she Gerald tells her and I'm going to just say it's Gerald because that's who yeah that's fine it's it's not yeah you know that's like her version of Gerald but is when she's talking to Gerald and you know he's like you know how how are you going to get out of here you know those those bedposts are reinforced and I'm like reinforced how do you reinforce I've never heard of bed. Po- I don't know. Maybe it's just something he did because this was something he'd planned or something. Yeah. And he wanted to make I, sure she didn't get out, but I've never that, heard of bed posts being reinforced. What are yeah, they reinforced? That, that was another, that was another misdirect that I was glad they didn't, they didn't take too long because I was kind of thinking the same thing at first. I was like, can't you like, if you, you look like you have the flexibility, you can put your feet against that post Yes. And I'd be kicking the shit out of it. Yeah. You'd have to. And so when, in, in the beginning, when she does break free and we think she's loose. Yes. Um, and then she turns back and looks at the bed and sees she's that, no, she's not loose. She's still in the bed. I was kind of like, huh? Couldn't. Yeah. I, I, and I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I didn't write that down in my notes as that was something that I thought we should have, we should have had a couple of scenes of her kicking at the bedpost and it not breaking and not being able to break it. Uh, yeah. I think so. I would have liked to have seen that because I think I think regardless of of Gerald telling me that you know it's reinforced, forget it. You're not gonna. I'm gonna try it for just a yeah. minute anyway. And, exactly. and then, okay, okay. But you know, then I'll think of something else. Uh, I will do everything before I start slicing my wrists and, and nearly <laughs> exactly skin off of my hand. Um, you know, in order to get out of here because I feel like you know I've I've got fairly strong legs and I'm going mm-hmm. to. You know, and I think, well, and a lot of people do, that's where like your major muscles are in your legs. Mm-hmm. So most people are pretty strong in their legs. So I feel like if you're able to, if you're a little bit flexible, if you've got, if you can wind yourself around that way and get your leg up there, you're going to kick the shit out of that and at least mm-hmm. get one, one free and then, um, you know, work on, on the other one if you need to. So I, I, I feel like they, they put a stopper in that really quickly. Cause that would have been the first thing I would do is try yeah. to break that bedpost. So exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah she, she definitely went to the extreme of because otherwise I don't know how in the world she was going to get out of there and having to wait another, another night for that moonlight man. I think he was only going to keep, you oh. know, which. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And, and, uh. and they just kept bringing in, like I said, I am not new to gore or horror, but they, they Mike Flanagan did such a fantastic job with the moonlight man. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, when we first see him appear. And then again, when he's at the end of the bed, um, and then when the dog, when she does get free and the dog kept getting freaked out and scared and goes and hides. And I'm like, if that dog, mm-hmm. that little shit dog is yeah. scared of hell, who's sitting here, doesn't seem to be too scared of anything else, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if he's scared, then, then, you know, then, you know, some, some shit's going down. Um, so some other cringeworthy scenes. So let's, let's talk about her dad. So oh, creepy, creepy. Wait, wait. Timothy Hutton, uh, you know, let's talk about actors again. Um, it's Henry you know, it's Thomas. 
Henry, Henry Thomas. Thomas. I'm sorry, Henry Thomas, not, not Timothy. I keep going back to why do I keep calling him Timothy Hutton? I'm sorry. Uh, they play the H- same character, that's why, in Hunting yeah. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Henry Thomas is is because so, it's super subtle. And like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know what he was doing at first. I'm like mm-hmm. going, what is going on? And then suddenly you realize, ew, and he's like, no, just keep staring straight ahead, dear. Don't. And I, I was just like, I was just so horrified and so creeped out. But then he plays it in a, in a way where. He was a master manipulator is what, what yeah. it all was. I mean, he, you know, and the fact that, yeah. Um, He's like, this- I didn't, I didn't touch you. I just touched myself. You know, yeah. and oh, oh, it was it was absolutely terrible having this, these flashbacks of the eclipse and how this is kind of really kind of defined her and who she is. And it's really kind of um, made her the person, you know, that she is. And I, I like how she kind of breaks free of that later. But, um, you know, it doesn't allow it to to define her or own her anymore. But this it, I, I, I think that eclipse scene had to probably be almost as uncomfortable as everything else in, in the movie, you mm-hmm. know, with, with oh, this, yeah. as terrible as what it was. Yeah. This was to me, probably as bad, if not worse, um, knowing what it was. And it seemed innocent and it seemed, um, I mean, not that very moment, but before leading up to that, you know, right. Like, it seemed like he's just like sit on my lap, set in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like, very, like, Here, we'll, we'll share your little viewfinder thing so we can watch the eclipse. But then, you know, I was starting to get an icky feeling. We started talking about um, her sitting on, on his lap. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. she's like 12. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't, you know, I, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a certain age you just stop sitting on, not just your dad's lap, but any but, right, male's right, lap right. when you're a, a little girl. There's just, yeah. kind of, I don't know, maybe that's wrong of me or whatever. Maybe it's because of my own issues or things that I've been through or experienced in my life. But I feel like there just comes a time when, there's you know as far as like little kids um you right. know sitting on adult slaps there's mm-hmm. a, a cutoff <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no um, i'm with you i'm with you so i'm like dude where where are we going with this what mm-hmm. what are you doing please and and the fact that it was what almost made it even harder was because it was henry thomas exactly that's <laughs> what i'm saying is like this wholesome guy who you think wait what <laughs> No. Elliot, you know, yeah. Elliot, why are you doing this, Elliot? Um, it's so wrong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, just terrible. And the look on her face, she seems so. You can just see the heartbreak and and the confusion, and you know, like what's going on and why is he doing this? And she knows that something's wrong. And and then for him to later, um, after it happens and she's in her room and it looks like she's showered and she's take, she's taken that dress and spread it along her bed. And mm-hmm. um, then her dad comes in there and they have that conversation and he totally just goes through this whole speech and manipulates her into not exactly. telling her was, yeah. I mean, it was just this master dialogue of, of, you know, what, what happens like with you know, molesters, whether it's mm-hmm. someone you know or whether you don't know, and almost always it's someone the child knows. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um so And they have this ability to 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 twist it to make it seem like, well, it's it's really your fault for mm-hmm. like if you weren't this way, then you know exactly. and and I can't remember now when she she breaks the glass at the dinner table 
And Mm -hmm. then does she tell her mom and doesn't her mom tell her the same thing? Don't tell anybody. Don't, don't say anything. And it's almost like he's manipulated her to the same. Am I, am I remembering that correctly? That conversation? I don't think her mom said anything there, but it seems like um, Jesse later says that like, I know mom had to know. Okay. Okay. But she, she, it was almost like she'd beg me not to say anything. Like the way that she would look at me was like, don't say anything. Right. Right. Um, and that she kind of bore things because she didn't want her little sister to, cause there was mm-hmm. another, you know, new baby, her mom was pregnant. And, mm-hmm. um, so I, I, we didn't outwardly see that, but I, it, it, she seems to imply that, you know, as, as time went on, her mother knew what was, what was happening or, you know, yeah. so yeah. Well, and then it, let's get back to more positive to a more positive note. Then, as as <laughs> we move past as, as we move move past that, when she starts writing that letter, and she's writing that letter to her younger self, and mm-hmm. she mentions the fact that the his, that her husband's uh, investor pals or whoever who however it was she the partners, she, the mm-hmm. partners she came into a rather large sum of money. Yeah, a, I feel like a, they were probably already kind of well off. Just. Because right. it seemed like the lifestyle that they lived. They, I mean, if they have this beautiful summer house, lake house, and or weekender yeah. house, you know, um, anybody with a second home, I feel, is probably got doing okay for themselves. And, and yeah, she came into yeah. some money. And it seemed like the partners also didn't want the particulars of of what happened in that house to get out. Yes. Like they didn't want people to know that he had shackled her. That up. He was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and and you know that's when she make, that's when we start to get the inkling that the Moonlight Man was real because she makes that comment. They never did find my wedding my wedding ring oh, in good. in in yeah. the house. And and so we get the and she says she started this foundation and she started to tell people her. Mm-hmm. So she went through this cathartic. It's it, I mean I hate to. I mean, I'm trying to put a positive spin on what happened to her, um, Mm -hmm. that she, she had this cathartic experience to where now, okay, now I'm able, I'm out of those shackles and I'm going to get out of my other shackles as well. And I'm going to help other girls get out of their, their shackles. And I thought that was really a a cool way for it to go. And the movie could have ended there and we would have been fine even knowing that she was still having nightmares. But then I, I really enjoy and I said this at the beginning of the podcast. I really like the fact that we get this confirmation number one the Moonlight Inn was a real guy. We I get- was wondering if you were okay with the fact that he was real and not a figment of her imagination or, or a hallucination. So yeah. yeah. You were okay with that. That's yeah. yeah. I was okay with that because because I, I bought I bought the movie's explanation of his escalation. Mm-hmm. If that that makes sense. It almost yes. seems like that, and you almost could. And I'm just saying this now as I'm thinking about it. That that the events in that house is what escalated him to do more things, mm-hmm. but not to a females to the males, you right. know. Um, and so she gets this closure with him. So she's got the closure with what happened to her. As a little girl, she's able to help other girls, and now she gets this closure of what happened to her as a woman, as well. Yeah. Um, and so I really liked that that fact that the, that the movie gives us. And like I said, she's she's walking out, she's in the sunlight, she's smiling, and and you can just it, it just seems to me, like I said, the, my takeaway from that final scene is that she knows she's finally be able to go home and sleep at night. 
and and right. Well, and that's a big I feel like re- revelation because I for me I I liked anyway that he was real because um, mm-hmm. I, I think I've seen a little bit of arguing like oh man we wish he wasn't real but I'm like no I I think it was good because I feel like the Moonlight Man he was like symbol he was like symbolic. Um, or at least he was a symbolic halt, I should say, to her denial. She denied that what her dad did to her was abuse. She mm-hmm. says, um, as she's kind of arguing with her other self, she's like, I've had far worse things done to me. And, you know, that's when it kind of puts a stop to the conversation. We kind of like, oh, something has happened to her in her mm-hmm. life, but we don't quite know until we get that flashback. So she's like in denial to what her dad, that what her dad did to her was really abuse. When she says that line, she was in denial about her alcoholic cheating husband who also happened to be a piece of crap. Right. Um, right. And when she was finally, when she finally accepted that her past is that when she finds out what, when she finds out that Moonlight man is real it's that's when she finally accepts her past this Mm -hmm. to me was like a huge validation for her because the moonlight man was like a manifestation of the evil that had been done to her and she had minimized what her father did and with this realization she was able to accept that true horror of what she had been through in her life you know at the end when she confronts him in the courtroom and when she kind of sees um her father Mm -hmm. you know it's like she's able to kind of finally confront it and say, yeah, I, you know, yeah. you're a lot I'm, smaller than, than, than what I love that. That was the, that was the perfect line for that, yeah. for that. You're, you're a lot smaller. Cause here's this big gigantic hulking don- guy. And she talks about the fact that the disease he had was mm-hmm. what the, uh, the pituitary gland that makes his, his hands and head big and all this. Right. And when she says you're a lot smaller, I thought that was just, that was just great. And that, uh, that really shows that strength that she yeah. has, has acquired. Yeah, that she has finally come to that point and she's able to, to you know, rise above and, and come out the other side. Um, yeah, I thought yeah. that was great. It was a lot of cringeworthy things for <laughs> sure. But I think for me, I'm going to I'm going to leave it as a, like a positive, you know, um, but I, I think really great. Um, and it's definitely, I think, a common theme in a lot of Stephen King's books is, you know, the monsters are real. You just you can't always just close your eyes and wish them away like she tried to do a couple of times in mm-hmm. here. Um, and they aren't all seven foot deformed monsters. Sometimes they're your father. Right. You know, right. I feel like, mm. you know, that's, you know, that's a lot that we, what we kind of get in the King books. It's, you know, they're not sometimes those monsters are real. Yeah, they're just yeah. you know always not who who you think they are, um, so I thought it was I don't know I thought it was really great. I was I don't know I I'm like you I don't know if I can watch it again right away. I can oh, watch I'm, it I'm, I'm never planning to <laughs> <laughs> unless I forget like years from now if I forget and somebody's like hey I watched this movie Gerald's Game you should watch it and I'll start it and I'll get like to the the something seen and i'll go yeah no i'm out um, yeah so. yeah but it, i think it's a true testament to the to how brilliant this was i really and i i know i'm i'm saying it a lot but i it's because i i really believe it is mike flanagan just does this great job with these stephen king adaptations and mm-hmm. i think he's got a real feel for the horror i mean haunting of hill house had this you know the things that he was able to do this beautiful camera work and you know these scary elements that he was, they were very subtle and they weren't, 
you know, it was just brilliant. And he did um, Dr. Well, Sleep. He yeah. did, you know, if you saw that, that was, I thought it didn't get a ton of like critical praise, but it had mm-hmm. like good audience reception. I think, it, you know, a lot of people liked it, but I don't think the critics like yeah. critics liked it so much, but I thought it was really great. I love Ian McGregor anyway. I think he can do anything. Um, well, and there's one thing that he did in Haunting a Hill House that I, I really thought was brilliant. And I can't wait to go back and watch it again mm-hmm. um, is there was this whole theme that ran throughout the, the season. And I don't think you guys mentioned it either, but I didn't, I didn't pick up on it until later of dogs of barking dogs. Yes. And it's only mentioned like once or twice by the characters, mm-hmm. but it oh, runs throughout. It. it runs yeah. throughout the whole season of there's these these moments of barking dogs and you never actually see the dogs right and uh so i i really thought that was that was a brilliant thing and, and like you guys kept pointing out the hidden ghosts mm. that that some of those some of those ghosts we we were um they called out to us and, and the characters saw but others of them they never really mentioned until like the clock fixer guy until the end until we find out that oh i did see a ghost in this house so yeah yeah so oh, he's, so he's can't wait for the next season of that to come out too. That's I know uh, that's I think it's supposed to come out sometime this year. I still still no definitive date. They just give you a year, like oh yeah. twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. So I think it's supposed to come out sometime this year. That's um, yeah, uh, Bly Manor um, okay. will be the second season of of that, and it's going to be a different I think family, different situation. I think we'll probably see a couple of the same um, actors returning right. and. so that'll be fun like i said mike flanagan really does kind of you know bring bring some people back and i think that's kind of i think that's a fun kind of thing to do um see see some actors in different roles and such um so yeah but yeah i don't know if i'll be watching gerald's game again so soon but i love that because (laughs) if you can if you can freak me out and you can make me so uncomfortable then to me that you've done what you set out to do because right. you made me, I mean, you made me think and you've made me very uncomfortable. You gave me some great cringeworthy, scary things that I don't want to watch again. I mean, if I can sit there and just watch a scary movie over and over again, well then it's, to me, it's just not very good. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you. Like, and like I said at the beginning, I think before we started recording, I said, you know, when you, when you said Gerald's game, I was kind of like, mm, but <laughs> I'm really glad that this was the choice you made because it made me uh, watch something. I'm not, I, I, there are, I pick and choose my horror yeah. uh, movies. I don't, I don't just watch everything and I don't like everything. And, and so the, the chance to watch something that I probably wouldn't just on my own have, have pulled up to watch or to finish, I should, I should say um, is, was really good. And I appreciate that. Awesome. Um, did you have like any uh, like side notes or anything that you want? Uh, I think we've got, everything that that i i brought up um yeah that's everything that's in my notes i have just a few um Mm -hmm. i'm gonna call out so uh, one of the lines that just (laughs) when she yells at him when when after um like gerald is becoming more aggressive with her and he's like you know oh come on come on and she's like no and she kind of like pushes him away with her foot and she yells at him and says to him to stop calling yourself daddy. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, yeah. That's that's a that that's a good that's a good line. And I like that you you said something a few minutes ago that I that I wanted to comment on that yeah. it about him being a cheater. And yeah. I think I think you're right because he was way too into this and mm-hmm. and knew way too much about how to to do this that he hasn't done this with somebody before. Yeah. I so. think he's yeah, I think it wasn't his first time. It was hers, but not right. I don't think his um at all. Yeah. Or at least something he'd definitely been thinking about for some time and probably played it out in his mind so many times, like a rehearsal maybe. But um mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought I thought that was funny. I, I, I know I've said before that that what isn't really my thing. So I kinda laughed and I'm like, Yeah, I would have said the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Daddy. Um I like also when the other version of herself, the other version of Jesse um, said you might die here because of Gerald's five inches. Um, <laughs> it's just such a good line. I just thought that was very funny. Um, looking through my notes. Oh, um, there were a couple of references to some other Stephen King works. So mm-hmm. I, I was going to ask you this because I'm not, I'm not familiar with his, with his stuff. So I, I mean, I caught yeah. a few of them. Like I, I caught the Cujo, obviously the Cujo reference was, yeah. was easy, but uh, yeah, I was, I was, I'm glad you brought this up because I want to know what some of these are. Cause I didn't, I don't know them. Well, and this is just what I've picked up. So, if, you know, listeners feel free if you guys heard something, you know, I don't, I don't claim to know everything and there's thing, plenty of things that I miss, but there, there was, and this really just gave me all the tingles in the feels um, when this one came out, there was a dark tower reference when Gerald says all things serve the beam. Ah. Just like, oh, okay. yes. Um, that's definitely a Dark Tower reference. Um, there were a few other references. Like you said, Gerald calls the dog Cujo. Um, Jesse calls the Moonlight Man my visitor with the bag of bones. Uh-huh. So there's um, a Stephen King book called Bag of Bones. Oh, so okay. Like a nice little um, kind of a different, like not quite the same thing or whatever, but it's just a nice little, you know, throw out line to kind right. of reference one of his books. Um when Jesse is talking about dreaming about standing in a deep well and seeing a woman looking down at her during an eclipse, that's a, like a Dolores Claiborne. Oh, wow. Okay. Reference. Um, so thought that was fun. Those are the ones that I picked up on. So yeah, there could be more, there could have been something I missed, but those were the ones that I was able to, um, ke- you know, catch and pick up on my for I, I, I'm saying first watch is my second watch but I watched it months and months and months ago whenever it first right. came out and then I've watched it um again for the second time you know so it's been quite a long time um right you know this this time and I only watched it the one time because like you I was like I I just it's my practice like when we podcast on a show I will watch that show twice you know so I can make sure At I get least. all those details yeah. but with this movie I was like I just don't know if I can yeah. watch this on a second yeah. time. Yeah, so, that's what I told Mark. I told Mark that last week when we were recording our podcast. I was like, dude, I, I, I like to watch things twice, but there's no way I'm watching this one twice. Yeah, I felt like I got it good the first time. I was like, I just don't know if it's going to be able to sit and watch that again. So those are the yeah. ones that I was able to get. So you guys um, out there listening, if you caught any others, feel free to um, write in and let me know. I, I always get a kick out of, you know, when they kind of throw out some of Stephen King references it just it's we, we would talk about during uh like when we were covering castle rock you know they would always kind of have um, right some fun little stephen king references or reference to other works or other books or other characters or something so this was yeah. definitely a lot of fun there was a little bit of a tie and this isn't stephen king related but the 
book that Jesse reaches up off of the, the bookshelf that's above the bed and throws mm-hmm. at the dog was called Midnight Mass. Um, that was a tie to the movie Hush that he oh, did with his wife. Okay. That, the, the, character, the main character in that movie uh, was a writer, and that was a movie that she was working on. Either she wrote it and it was already done or she was working on it. I don't quite remember nice. that. That was a movie or um, a reference to the, that movie Hush um, as a book that she was um, that character was working on. So that was nice. fun. Yeah. Um, and then I thought um, it would be really great. This movie would be maybe a good um, commercial for Alexa. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Alexa, dial 911. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, Siri, I know that they were talking about like the phone was going to be dead and he had mm-hmm. charged it. This is definitely, this is why I like to keep my phone charged up if possible. Like always have some juice on the phone. Yeah. And I, and I thought, well, you know, Siri may not always work because for me, my phone, I have an iPhone. Um, if I say, hey, Siri, it, she doesn't listen like <laughs> at all. Like she will randomly like out of nowhere (laughs) like it's silent there's no music playing i'll have the tv off i'm just maybe you know doing something quietly and she'll just start going like my i have a work iphone as well um so i have my private um personal iphone i have a work iphone as well and i was sitting here this actually happened today and this is what was really creepy a little personal tie-in here is i had the phone the phone sits here next to me and i'm just sitting here and i'm typing away i didn't have anything playing here in the background i didn't have any music or tv on or anything i'm just sitting here like typing away and i'm reading some emails and you know trying to get some work done and i see out of the corner of my eye right next to me my phone starts lighting up and i'm like what is that and i see like the little siri symbol and it pops up and she starts, um, you can see the writing on the screen says, hi, what can I do for you? And I'm like, what are you doing right <laughs> Just now? out of the blue. I, even, like... I was talking to myself because like I talk to myself or if I'm like right. reading an email, I'm reading it out loud. You know, it just sometimes makes sense in my head if I say, if I read it out loud. So yeah. I wasn't even like talking to myself. She just started and she did it. I'm not kidding you four times in a row. She would finally like go silent and then like a few seconds later light up again and go, hey, how can I help you? And I'm like, you need to like stop. (laughs) Anyway, she she works when she doesn't want to work. So I'm not I'm thinking that if she had yelled at the phone, hey, Siri, dial 911, that would have worked. So Siri would have been like. Might 119. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, I think that was all the the like little side notes that I had as far as um, you know lines that were said um, and and just fun little side facts or tie-ins. So with that being said, I don't have any news or anything for this um, particular movie. I know it's it's not brand new. There wasn't a whole lot of news that came out of it or anything like that. So no news for this week. But I did get some really great listener feedback this week. So um, I would definitely um, am excited to get to our listener feedback portion. Um, Steve, do you Absolutely. want to take the first one for me? Absolutely. I love this. This comes from uh, Laura Willie Swank. Hey, Laura. She sends us voicemails to Panels to Pixels as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. So this is what Lara says. This was the first of the Netflix slash Stephen King features I watched, followed by 1922 and In the Tall Grass, and the first production from the fantastic Mike Flanagan of Hill House fame. It was one of the better recent King adaptations, and I enjoyed the surreal and haunting feel of it. It was disturbing, and I must admit the scene with Jesse and her father during the eclipse, played by the lovely Carla Gugino and her father, 
played by future Hill House hubby Henry Thomas, weird, made my skin crawl more than the scene of her skinning her own arm to escape the handcuffs. I agree. Like I said, that I think that was probably more disturbing for me than just about anything else. Um, and that's saying something because there were a lot of yeah. cringeworthy, disturbing, uncomfortable moments in, in that movie. Um, I agree with you. Laura, I knew I could count on her for some, some something great to say. She's my twisted sister. <laughs> um, the next one we have is from Jennifer Camillary. She says, just watched it. Crazy AF, just as I expected. <laughs> <laughs> Peg Allen says, oh, God, this movie fucked me up. It was incredibly entertaining and I loved it a lot, but I was screwing so much. So many scenes had me on edge. Anything with the dog, the handcuffs, the creepy dude watching her, the flashbacks with her dad, all of it was very uncomfortable. Yet somehow I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Still, LOL. Thanks, Pake. Thanks, Pake. That was great. Pake always has something really great to say. Um, next one we have is from Lindsay Schlicht. She says, I'm a huge King fan and Gerald's game was my introduction to him at age 11. Wow. <laughs> it's probably um, still my favorite book of his. So when I heard there was going to be a film adaptation, I was really excited, but also nervous. Stephen King film adaptations re rarely do well showcasing his writing talents, in my opinion. And so much of Gerald's game is in Jesse's mind. I wondered how they could ever pull it off. I think they did a fantastic job. In fact, I think this is the best adaptation I've seen. They followed the book so closely that for once, an adaptation finally worked. Having the characters of her mind in the room with her was a perfect choice for the complicated story. The complete lack of music really helped set the creepy tone. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't. We didn't. That we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Lindsay. Um, that you. That's a really, really good point, and did definitely help set the creepy tone. Um, she goes on the little bits of foreshadowing. If you know the story well, such as the tag from the slip. Or Gerald saying the steak would be the best meat the dog ever had. Little did he know. <laughs> the, the Cujo reference, the horrible wrist scene, the amazing acting. It all came together to make a perfect adaptation. The foot licking scene nearly gave me a heart attack the first time I watched this movie. It's not in the book, so I wasn't expecting it. Can't wait to hear you guys cover this one. Thanks for keeping us entertained in the apocalypse. Oh, thanks, Lindsay. Um, the last one is from my partner from Panels to Pixels, Mark Kirkman. He says, that was a messed up film, even more twisted than Boxing Helena. I don't know what Boxing Helena is. I have heard of that movie, but I don't know enough about it to know um, how twisted it is. So I don't know. I'm kind of kind of afraid to ask, I think. <laughs> um, that was really great feedback. So yes. um, I don't have any emails. And because you're with me tonight, I don't <laughs> have no. no voicemail from Steve. <laughs> it feels odd. I mean, it's cool it's having you here, but it's like to say I don't have any voice mes messages um, is an odd thing. But Not I'm even from Greg. So <laughs> not even from Greg, not this week. I guess he's like, you know what? I ain't watching that one. It's gone. And that's too far for me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad, but look guys, thanks so much for the feedback because 
I get it. This was a hard one to watch. You, yes, it was. You know, maybe you had to stop it a couple times and and go watch something fun like The Officer Parks and Rec or something happy. Um, you know, some kitty videos on YouTube or something. <laughs> I don't know. But thank you guys so much for the feedback. Um, you guys never let me down, and um, I, I appreciate it so much. Um, well, I think that was great coverage. Yes. Thank you so much. I think that was great. So, um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that and I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. It was hard. I feel better. I feel a little (laughs) bit better talking it out. Like I can process it and we've worked through our trauma, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) We worked through it. Damn it. We got through Gerald's game and I feel a little, I think we've had our own catharsis during this podcast. I like so using that you. word. I like using that word when I can. Cathartic. That's a. It's a good it's, word. It's, it, it makes you feel smart, doesn't it? it makes me feel it smart. Like, that's a big word. Yes, it does. Like my like my little word of the day that pops up: cathartic or catharsis <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was fun. Thank. Thanks again. This was really fun. Um, so next week, I I don't know next week or if it's going to be the week after, guys. I'm telling you, I still haven't figured this thing out yet. I, I'm, I'm having fun with so far doing these one-off movies because I, there's not a lot coming out right now. There are some things coming out because we did just get um, announcement yesterday that the Umbrella Academy season two is coming out at the end of July. Did yes, say? Um, yes, July thirty first, so, I believe was. Yeah, the- so so we did cover season one. I put it out there on the. Um, facebook page and twitter and stuff and asked hey guys it's coming back we did season one do you want to see season two i've gotten some really great feedback um so far positive things like yeah we'd love to have you guys covered again so that's awesome so until then or until something else comes up um, between now and then I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants. So you guys have been really great and supportive and 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 so far okay with that. You haven't gotten quite fed up with that yet. I'm hoping you don't. So I appreciate everyone sticking with me. I just haven't quite figured out where I'm going yet with with everything. I'm just trying to figure out as I go because um, I I am really I'm still working and I'm I'm really busy and trying to maintain my my just day life and trying to figure out this podcast is. Um, I just haven't got there yet. So thanks guys for sticking with me. Stay tuned and keep following us on social media because I, that's, I, I, that's where I will post things like this is what we're going to cover. Or if, um, you know, we want ideas or something, I'm going to ask you guys and feel free message me guys, send me emails, um, reach out to me on Facebook, um, Twitter, wherever you follow me and say, Hey, I would love to hear you cover this movie or, um, this show or something. So, I'm open to suggestions if, you know, I, I want to try and do things that you guys want to hear too. Um, so anyway, stay tuned um, either next week or the week after if I keep following like this kind of biweekly thing for now. Um, Steve, thank you so much. Oh, it's Again, my pleasure. This has been really fun. Um, I mean, despite the disturbing content of this <laughs> Movie. It's been bring me a- back for something a little less disturbing. <laughs> you want me to bring you back for something a little bit lighter? You know, we don't do a lot of light stuff on this podcast, Steve. This this might be pretty dark. This might be one of the darkest things we've done, but we don't go very light here very often. But I'll, I know. Keep, I'll keep it in mind. Next time we do something a little light, um, you know, Jason and I teased um, about doing uh, Great British Bake Off. So yeah. 
<laughs> I tried watching it. I may try again. I'll see I, those accents. I, I love them, but it's hard to understand. <laughs> and you know, if you just if you keep watching, you'll pick up on it because I struggle too. So because some of the the um, you know English folks, some of them are very strong, stronger accents mm-hmm. than others, and just a, a nice light English accent. Some of them are pretty darn deep, man. And I'm yeah. just like, what um, <laughs> you stick with it, you get used to it. Um, but yeah, I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. But thank you again for taking the time and being on. It was such a, a pleasure having you as a full-time guest, or I should say like a full guest and not just a voicemail um, that we get to play. So thanks, yes. That was thank great. You. All right. Um, so we're really excited for you to follow us, um, not into the tall grass, but how about onto the, um, let's see, the bed in general. <laughs> Um, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stranger TCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at Strange underscore Indeed underscore pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastagut.com com podcastica.com i'll say it right once go out and leave a review for strange indeed on apple podcasts and tell us again steve because like you mentioned you and our other good friend mark kirkman do a podcast so why don't you tell us a little bit about that and where um folks can find you guys yeah. So uh, Mark Kirkman and I do a podcast called Panels to Pixels. We uh, are covering currently, we are covering Netflix's season one of The Witcher. We're about to wrap that up, but I'm not sure what we're going to do next, but you can find us on the Next Level Podcast Network, Panels to Pixels. Oh man, The Witcher. So That's good. really good. And we did something different this time. We went ahead and both of us, like a few weeks ago, before we started doing a single episode rewatch, we binged the whole thing. And mm-hmm. so our rewatch is based on knowing where things were going. We wanted to kind of do something different to where, so we, we, we watched all eight, we both binged all eight episodes and then we've come back each week after that and covered one, uh, one at a time from starting with episode one. So it's kind of a different way yeah. of, of covering it. That's nice. If I had known, I, I really wasn't sure how I was going to feel about that show. And so I watched it a little bit later. I fe- feel like I kind of jumped on a little bit later than uh, whenever it first came out. And if I had known, like, I just wasn't sure I was yeah. feeling doubts. And, but if I had known how much I was going to enjoy it, I would have been like, we have to podcast on this, you know, <laughs> and I would have definitely covered that. But, um, but yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe season yeah. two, right? Because we know season, season two has been has been confirmed. Of course, we don't know when they're going to be able to do it or anything. But I know everything's kind of up in the air right now. That's why it's really kind of hard. To be like, there's not a lot of new things kind of happening, and things have been pushed back, and things are kind of being delayed. So we're just kind of, you know, um, at least for speaking for myself, kind of just kind of playing it by ear at the moment. So anyway, well, that's exactly. really great. I, I, I can't wait to hear um, your coverage of that because that was a really great show and you guys do a really great job. So, well, thanks Thank for you. that. So, okay. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Steve. And Don Elizabeth is strange indeed. <laughs>